Good morning, everybody. Glad y'all are here in the house. My name is Matt. If it's your first time, y'all pray for Daniel. <laughs> My name is Matt. I'm the pastor here, drummer here, and all the other things, and uh, thankful for our team here that we have here. Y'all give a hand real quick for our worship team, our sound team. These guys do a good job every week. They practice. They put in times. They've developed their talents. Hey, were y'all here? La- Who was here last week? Uh, I'm not painting this week, so sorry. Sorry. Um, I've, I've got one Emmy a year, so that was that was it. If you missed it, uh, you can go watch it on YouTube or uh, uh, Facebook. We're, we've been talking. Uh, Nathan Cole, can I set this uh, set us on pace for this? Talk about foundations and uh, went through Easter and then even last week about how there's things that happen in life that can. Uh, either help propel us to growth uh, in our relationship with God and as a disciple of Jesus, or we can let those things tear us apart and destroy us. Uh, so I'm going to just hit on some things I believe build off of that foundation of who Jesus is. Um, and we're going to have this, we're going to just talk about these kind of things until Jesus comes back. So um, seriously, uh, so uh, it's 1045. We'll see what happens in the next few minutes. But we're going to get into it. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 18 is where I'm going to be at today. Matthew 18. I'm going to kind of read through it. And then we're going to talk about it. Uh, but real quick, though, how many of you in this room, um, don't show your hands. I just want you to just, because I don't want to embarrass you. How many of you have a problem with uh, forgiveness? Um, it's really difficult for you to say, man, if somebody hurts me, I'm just, uh, I'm going to hold a grudge. And, uh, you know. Uh, I'll, I'll come worship and I'll, I'll pray and all that kind of stuff, but um, you look at me wrong. I'm going to cut you. I'll slash your tires. I'll flip the table in Monopoly. Where's she at? No, I'm kidding. Me and Elena have a problem. Y'all pray for us. Uh, but <laughs> forgiveness or, or unforgiveness is a problem for a lot of people. And what's so sad is that it dictates so much that happens in the church in the marketplace, you know, I know business owners. I see, I'm with business owners all the time, and I see and hear people talk about how they're operating their business based on a grudge that another business has hurt them, and so they're operating their business based solely on the fact that this person wronged me 15 years ago. I'm like, how? What kind of business plan is that? Like, I'm not worried about my profit margin. I just want to make sure that person does not succeed. All right, good luck. More power to you. Let's get into the word this morning. In Matthew 18, it says, If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person conf- listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. Okay, so there's a problem in the church that this verse is rarely followed. Even more so, there's a problem in the church with offense in general. That we let so many little things offend us. You hurt my feelings. You didn't do this right. Or you didn't say that right. And now I'm mad. But I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to tell everybody else that will agree with me. And I know they'll agree with me because they don't want to go against me because they know I hold grudges. right? So I'm going to let them know how you hurt me. Hoping that fixes the problem. Jesus be with us. Alright here we go. But if you were unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you may say be confirmed by two or three witnesses. That again is not followed. It's I'm going to bring two or three people who are on my side who aren't willing to tell me that, hey, I think you might be wrong. 
I mean, I'm not saying what they did was necessarily right, but you're not right either. Now, we don't want those kind of people. We want the people that are going to say, you, you, you're right. Go get them. Get them. But the word doesn't say that, right? Verse 17 says, if the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. Jeez. That tastes bad, don't it? I've had people come to me and say, hey, this person's doing wrong in the church. I need you to kick them out. That's a real, that's a real conversation that has been had in that room in there. This person is doing wrong, and you need to take them out of the church. Pump the brakes. Hang on a second. Did we follow these instructions that we see in the Word of God first before you came here and asked me to kick people out and call them pagan and tax collectors? You scum, leave the church. Did we follow that first? Nope. Nope, because we, we're keyboard warriors. We're big confrontational people in our circle and in our shower while we're washing our hair, you know, like having the, the conversation there with the people, you know. But we're not actually having the real conversation, you know what I'm saying? And you, you're like, you're getting it all out, and you're a champion, you know. And, and you have scrubbed your scalp raw, but you've won the argument. And then you come to church and say, Pastor, look, I've already had this conversation. You need to get them out of here. Some of y'all laughing like, I did that last week. What are you talking about? We can't operate like that. Let's keep going. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, whoever you, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Let's stop there for a second. A lot of people take this out of context. And they talk about authority. Well, in context, this is talking about when someone offends you or someone hurts you, whatever you allow to happen is what's going to be allowed to happen. Whatever you say, no, we're not doing like this, that's what's going to happen also. So you have a lot of authority in the context of forgiveness and conflict. Whatever you say is going to happen and you allow it to happen is going to happen. If you walk into the situation and you've already said in your mind, I'm the winner, I'm the right one, you have lost the confrontation conversation. See, a lot of people say confrontation is bad because it's like it's uncomfortable and somebody's going to get their feelings hurt. Probably so. But there's a healthy way to do this to avoid unforgiveness and bitterness. And there's an, un, uh, uh, an unhealthy way, right? Did I say that right? Sure. Healthy and unhealthy. CD skipped. Um, so when we approach a situation, though, we already have the argument won because of our shower time, right? The other person comes in at a disadvantage. You're coming saying, hey, you hurt me. They have no idea they hurt you. Maybe they do, but a lot of times they don't because you just got offended by things you shouldn't be offended by. So because of that, you go into a situation, you're already telling them, hey, you're a terrible person. You don't love Jesus. You've hurt me. You've wronged me. My family's wronged. I don't want to sit by you at church. Don't you order in front of me in line at the cafe. Checking your kids after I check in my kids. And do not park next to me in the parking lot. I feel better. All right. And we walk away. I'm, 
I'm being lighthearted with this, but there's a lot of stupid conversations that happen in the context of, you know, trying to solve problems. And really, it's one-sided. One person comes in acting like a fool. And so then the other person sits there and tries to defend themselves against something they had no idea about. And they're already ready to kick them out of the church or to dispel them from this group or this ministry or whatever it is or from their lives simply because you don't know how to have healthy conversations with people that may involve a little bit of conflict. Here's the secret I've learned. And if you tell anybody I said this, I'm going to call you a liar. You're not always right. I'm not always right. Can we take it off the recording, though, before we post it? <laughs> You're not always right. I'm not always right. And so we, when there's an issue, we have to understand that maybe we need to take a step back and say, well, what, that, what is that person feeling? Or this person is never rude to me. Why were they rude to me just now? Maybe they're having a bad day and just messed up. That'll preach. <laughs> a lot of times we, we, we want the grace extended to us that we're not willing to give other people. And then we get mad when there's people butting heads in church. and Because he ain't talking to the people outside the church. He said, matter of fact, the, the title of my scripture here says correcting another believer. Not the unbelievers. So, so too often, obviously this has been a problem for a long time. Okay. We get so caught up within ourselves that we put ourselves on a pedestal. There's no way we could ever offend anyone. How can my actions offend you? My eyes are on Jesus. Okay. Well, unless something else is in this book, the only one person was out of sin, and his name wasn't you. <laughs> Verse 19 says, I also tell you this. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. Okay. So maybe before you start that confrontational conversation that you have to have, you can't avoid it if someone hurt your feelings. You also have to go into that conversation with an open mind to hear their perspective of the situation. But before you even do that, maybe find two or three people who aren't your yes people, who aren't your always cheerleaders, even when you're breaking the law, you know, murdering someone, whatever you're doing. Don't get those people. Get people that say, hey, look, I love you. I'm for you. Tell them what's going on. Eh, I think you're wrong. Well, I think you're right. Either way, Let's get together. Let's pray about how this situation needs to go. Let's talk to the Father together so that way when you have that one-on-one -on -one conversation, you're walking in with the peace of the Lord. You're walking in with the mind of Christ and with the attitude of heaven to say, hey, you know what? My goal here is reconciliation. It's not division and separation. We already have that because I'm offended. So I'm going to come in with a different mindset because my foundation is in Jesus. and He said this is how I have to operate. So don't get surrounded by yes people that are always telling you, oh, yeah, you're right, brother. Yeah, sister, go ahead. No, you don't need that. You don't need that. I need people saying, hey, knucklehead, what were you thinking when you said that? Why would you do something like I need those kind of people. 
Because if they're willing to tell me that privately and love on me that way, I know they really are for me. They really are. They're not the fair weather friends or the ones who are going to say, oh, yeah, go, you go ahead and get it. And they can turn around and call somebody. Did you know what Nan Hucko just said or something? Nan, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Dan, Dan, come on now. She give me some eyes. Lord Jesus, I don't want to be offended. Help me, Lord. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Let's keep reading. So then Peter said, uh, came to him and asked, well, Lord, how often should I forgive someone? Who sins against me seven times? Is there like a number that I can reach that I'm good now? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. You know, there's an area in Scripture where Paul's talking about praying without ceasing. I kind of feel like this is sort of the same principle. Forgive without ceasing. Like it just doesn't stop. You're just always forgiving. Some of you are like, mm -mm, you just don't know. Well, let's keep reading about what Jesus has to say about the matter. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors who was brought in, who owed him millions of dollars, or in the process, yeah. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. Yikes. Good thing we're not under that system anymore, right? But the man fell down before his master and begged, please be patient with me, and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and released him and forgave his debt. Pretty, pretty nice, pretty fair. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. Sounds just like a church deacon. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged him for a little more, little more time. Be patient, be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angered king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. I wonder how much torture that is. Hmm. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Now, who is he talking to again? The believers. This was Peter specifically that asked this question. And this is Jesus' response to that. How many times do we say, yeah, you're forgiven, but we don't really mean it? We live our lives where we're always putting that person with this filter over them that says, no, this is who you are. I said I forgave you, but really, this is how I see you every time I see you. Scumbag. Liar, cheater, manipulator, hothead, fake, phony, hypocrite. That's all I see when I see you because I may say I've forgiven you, but what is really forgiveness? We'll get into that in just a second. That's it. I actually going to stop there. I could keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to stop there. Yeah. I could keep going. I'm going to stop. Yeah, I got to light my brain. So, so what does it look like to really forgive somebody? How many here, show of hands, have really, really, really been hurt by somebody that's like just, I mean, devastatingly hurt? Okay. 
the ones who've raised your hands, have you forgiven that person? Yes? No? Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I'll tell you my experience. For me, you don't forget when you get hurt. I remember when I was a kid, I don't know what I was doing and why I was doing We had this refrigerator that was outside. It was just for drinks on the porch. And uh, I bent down and to get something out of the bottom of it, and there was a piece of metal. I never saw it. It was black sticking out. It went to my knee. Pulled my knee out of there and went to my mom. She's like, what are you? I'm crying. It's bleeding. She's like, it's a scratch, you know. I'm like, Mom, I, I think I may have, like, severed my leg off, you know. But she just brushed it off because, you know, she's a macho woman. Like, ah, whatever, you know, suck it up. Well, I have a giant scar on my knee now from this piece of metal that went into my knee. Thanks, Mom. Appreciate it. Scarred for life. <clears throat> you don't forget those things. You don't forget those moments. And every time I wear shorts and I just have my knee up, I see that scar right here. I remember that I got hurt. But guess what? I'm not limping. It hasn't put me in a wheelchair to say, one time when I was nine years old, this happened, and my life was never the same. I'm not living like that. But how many times we say, hey, this person said something to me so ugly, and I was going through such a hard time, and I've, I, I, every time I see them, all I think about those nasty words they said to me. I mean, I forgave them, but oh my goodness, every time I see them, it just burns me up. You haven't forgiven anybody. See, forgiveness looks like this. You, don't, you still have the scar, but when you see that person again, you're not filled with anger, bitterness, rage. To truly forgive somebody, I believe, is whenever I can look at someone that hurt me and say, yeah, I remember that. But you know what all I see now? I see a person who needs Jesus. Perhaps I even now see that person's perspective that, I didn't see in that moment because I was just mad and hurt. How many times, how many times have we done something stupid in life and because of Jesus, we've received forgiveness? How many times have we lived like that? How many scars do we have that are self-inflicted because of our own unwillingness to be nice to somebody? To extend grace to somebody. To show love to somebody. And yet, we, we live like this, this little, what he say, you evil servant. Where we receive all this forgiveness and grace from Jesus. And yet, we refuse to give it to other people. He's teaching to the believers, y'all. Not to the ones who are far from God. Who are living in this pagan culture. He's talking to the ones who have said yes to him. Saying, hey, listen. You cannot live life like this because the Lord has given you so much grace and forgiveness. Now, does it mean that you forget? Nah, it's really hard to forget the, the bad stuff in life. But like the painting last week, it's just part of our story now. Like James said, we talked about last week, James said that every trial and tribulation is a chance for you to grow. It's a chance for you to grow. How many of you are done growing? Raise your hand. Anyone? You should not be. Good. Thank you for not raising your hands. Appreciate it. We let these moments in life either push us forward to be who God's called us to be and say, you know what, this situation is terrible, but thankfully I'm part of a body of believers that's going to help me not get off track and act like a fool because I just got my feelings hurt and it's legitimately hurt. 
I don't want to say, I want you to hear all that I'm brushing off things that happen that hurt your feelings or that cause you pain or emotionally, physically. I'm not saying that. Please don't take that. What I am saying is that if we don't have each other, just like this guy here, we're going to limit what God can do in our life. Unforgiveness is a block to receiving blessing, wisdom, favor, all these different things that we desire from God. The word also says that it's a sin. We've talked about this. A sin is knowing what you should do and not do it. Now, we have the big ones, right? Don't kill, don't steal, don't slap your mama. But it also says that if, if, the, if the Lord has given you instruction in this word and you, you know that, you know it's right, and you choose not to do that, you're in sin. The Lord says don't walk in unforgiveness. If you do, you're sinning. Sin separates us. There is no unity with the Father, and now you have chosen to limit what God can do. Not because he wants to limit himself, but because you've chosen to separate yourself and, and get outside of his will and his ways. And you can blame everybody else under the sun as to why it's not working or why you have this problem, why everybody's against you. There is a common denominator. It can't be every other person on planet Earth. I mean, I guess it could. You know what? I guess it could. But reality is it's probably you. It's probably me that's choosing to look at situations like the world tells us to instead of the way the word tells us to. So forgiveness is a daily decision. Every day you're going to have a chance to be offended by something. I want you to do two things for me. First, I want you to, to stop for a second and pull yourself out and get like a bird's eye view of the situation and, and say, okay, what's happening right now? By doing that, it's going to calm you down, first of all. But it also is going to help you see the other person's perspective, hopefully, and maybe even evaluate your own actions. And then in that moment, say, Lord, I'm choosing forgiveness. No matter what is happening, no matter what the problem is or who caused it or whatever, I'm going to choose forgiveness. I refuse to be baited into being, uh, living a life of unforgiveness because the enemy desires for us to have division among ourselves. He wants you to be offended by your neighbor. He wants you to be mad about what that person said at church to you last week. He wants that so bad because if he can divide here, right, a house divided against itself, Cannot stand. George Lucas, right? No, I'm kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke, people. It's a joke. So evaluate yourself. Evaluate the situation and choose by your will to say, I'm going to walk in forgiveness. The other thing about forgiveness is that you have to agree to potentially walk in the consequences of someone else's sin. Because the consequences don't go away. But you're choosing, you know what, I'm going to walk with that person's consequence of those sins. At the same time, I'm saying, I'm forgiving you of those sins. And we may have to still walk through some consequences together because of actions. But if I'm choosing reconciliation and not division, we're going to make it through. We're going to be all right. So forgiveness is not necessarily forgiving, forgetting someone's sin or what they did against you, but it's choosing not to hold it against them. It's removing that filter that says that this is who you are. When we know in reality, we would never, ever want anyone to hold us to that same standard. Do you want to be held to a sin you committed 20 years ago? How about 20 minutes ago? When you were 
probably looking and judging someone's singing ability during worship. I saw some eyes. I can't see anything in that drum cage. It's choosing to say, I'm going to see you the way God sees you, because if I don't, we're going to have problems. And by we, I mean the church. No longer can we function as a healthy body. We're now a divided body because the toe doesn't like the armpit. Now we're saying, that, but, well, th- this, is what, this is what they did. They hurt me. I, okay, I get it. Let's walk through it. Have you gone to them first and talked it out? We're going to follow a procedure. One of the things we talk about in small group is biblical conflict. There is going to be conflict because we're people. And sometimes we just act stupid. Let's just be honest. Sometimes we elect to be stupid, Christopher, right? I didn't say he was, Lauren. Don't pat his back. Don't rescue. Don't do that. I want to end with this. The power to forgive is something that you already have. You don't have to read a book. You don't have to read a, or listen to a podcast. You don't have to go find a blog or a self-help life coach. You already have the power you need right now to walk in forgiveness. That comes from the power of Jesus Christ that is in you already. And through the cross and the empty tomb, we have the ability now to, to have everything that, that God is. We have the ability to give that to somebody else because he is in us. So you have what you need right now to walk in forgiveness. If you are in a place right now where you're saying, I am struggling with every single word you say, I'm never coming back to this church, no problem. But I want you to do this on your way out as you're screeching off onto 62, is I want you to think about, Lord, who am I most angry with right now? Why? And let the Holy Spirit begin to talk to you and and change your heart, give you some new eyes to see the situation in in a new way. So that you can say, you know what, I hope I never do that to anyone else. And I don't want this person living with this either. So I'm going to pray that this person understands what it, what it looks like and feels like and the experience of forgiveness from Jesus. And I'm going to help be that conduit for that by extending that to them now. Maybe they don't deserve it. But see, we have a foundation of Jesus Christ. And if we all agree on that, then this is part of that foundation, part of that building block of being a strong believer and a a growing and developing disciple of Jesus is saying that part of who I am is I'm a person who forgives, even when it's extremely hard to do so. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to be praying for y'all this week because usually when we talk about these types of things, some of y'all start calling me and saying, hey, do you want to believe what I'm going through? And... I'm going to pray for you this week because I know it's hard to forgive. It is. I quit church for a year because I got ticked off at somebody at church. And I was justified in being frustrated. I wasn't justified in shutting people out and walking in unforgiveness. So I'm not telling you anything I haven't walked through personally. And I'm telling you, it doesn't enhance your life one bit to be bitter and to be angry and to say, oh, I'm just so, so mad at them. I don't want to sound callous here, but I don't care because... When you look at what Jesus did compared to what you're going through, it really isn't that big. Now, some of y'all have gone through some big stuff, so please don't, again, don't write hate mail to the church. I'm being insensitive to your problems or your needs. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying in the grand scheme of things, we only have a, so much time here on earth. Are we going to choose to walk in forgiveness or unforgiveness? Because that one decision could be a life-changing decision for that other person. It could help save their soul from eternal damnation. So I want to encourage you. 
evaluate where you are, evaluate your situations, evaluate the people that when you close your eyes, you think about, oh man, who am I mad at? That's the people you need to be praying for. That's the people you need to start with and say, I've got to start extending forgiveness because if I don't, it ain't, they're, they're not going to know. This servant had to deal with the master, not with the people he was offending and being rude to, right? It was the, the king that issued the punishment. You got to deal with Jesus one day, y'all. King of kings and Lord of lords. And he's requiring us to live a certain life that reflects his kingdom. Either you're in or you're out. Let's stand and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this group of disciples that are in this room this morning. God, those who are watching online, Father, I pray you bless them, encourage them, strengthen them to be people of forgiveness that release it and and just blow people's minds at the grace that's extended because of how much you give to us. Lord, and when the scars hurt and when the the memories pop up, Lord, let your peace that passes understanding fill our minds and, and close our mouths so we don't say things and do things that we can't ever take back. Lord God, thank you so much for your word and for giving us illustrations and stories that we can look at to help enhance our life as disciples and followers of Jesus. Lord, I pray that every person here walks out of here blessed, knowing that they're loved by you, Father God, and that this week is going to be their best week yet to be your ambassador, that they're going to be looking for and seeing opportunities to grow and to love and to serve uh, for your kingdom, God. We thank you so much for Jesus, and I pray this in his name today. Amen. Amen. We love you guys. Go and send no more. We'll see you next week.